The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. We are still in the early days of the international business conglomerate celebration of the summer solstice of scissoring and sodomy, otherwise known as the Seven Deadly Sins month holiday of Pride Month, which has gotten almost more coordinated marketing than the pandemic and Christmas, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve and, uh, you know, the 12 days of Christmas, my true love gave to me a pride flag on a, on a gay tree or something like that. Um, while America was, uh, falling down in front of the world with Joe Biden falling down and, uh, his press secretary saying, uh, he's fallen, but he could get up and looking for his life alert button. Um, we are in the middle of watching this international push to celebrate something that uh, is a, a sexual preference. I was always told, you know, you want to keep that in the bedroom. But no, we have to talk about that. And we have to talk about that with kids. <laughs> we have to push it on them. I guess they can't do the pride parade out there in, in San Francisco and have people dressed in uh, oil and, and thongs come up to your kid on the street. We have to now do it virtually. You can't turn on a television show. You can't turn on a YouTube video. You can't turn on a sporting event without some sort of celebration of this insanity. I mean, you can't even go to a, a Build-A-Bear because they're in on it too. Yes, there is a Build-A-Bear, a gay Build-A-Bear. I, I don't know how, or a trans, is it a transgender Build-A-Bear? What is this? Uh, leaps of Love. Build-A-Bear will donate a portion of the proceeds to Build-A-Bear Foundation to support organizations committed to the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. There's that DEI uh, scam again, that DEI mafia uh, hit. But yeah, this is LGBTQ Build-A-Bear. Now, what's interesting is if you want to get the Mario Build-A-Bear, uh, that's $43. But if you want to get the RuPaul Transgender Build-A-Bear, that's 64 bucks because, you know, the difference the, uh, is for the extra package you get with your... With your Build-A-Bear. But not to be outdone, we have other companies jumping in on the DEI uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, scam. How about this one from the Metro? This is the DC Metro. So the little underground subway you drive that, you know, you can get pickpocketed and, uh, and jumped at. Um, they decided, hey, don't miss the Children's Pride Parade this morning. Avoid the traffic and parking Rush by taking the Metro. Enjoy the fun, inclusive, and m memorable event with babies, toddlers, and teens. Yeah, let's, uh, let's groom them kids. And of course, you know, the gaslighting is just up to 11. You've got the Department of Homeland Security has recently sounded the alarm on the growing threat of violence or extremism. But queer communities nationwide have said they've been prepared for the backlash for years. Another gaslit... Uh, Another uh, gaslit individual is uh, Steve Descano. He is the uh, attorney general for Fairfax County, progressive prosecutor. Um, he posted this little thing where we're celebrating pride in the city of Fairfax at the city's first pride event, a wonderful event 
put on by Fairfax. Lots of credit to the mayor for starting this tradition for the city, to which uh, one of the individuals hanging out with this attorney general has a shirt on that says abortion AF with rainbow colors, you know, because abortion and, and uh, uh, abortion and, and homosexuality is being celebrated here. I should try to figure out that one. But you know what? If you need to get to the metro quickly, you can take the priority lane for the land transportation office. Well, this is in San, uh, San Francisco, but if it was in D.C., you know, you could get priority VIP treatment and get on that metro quick to go see them toddlers that you want to groom. You can take the priority lane. And who's actually allowed to take the priority lane? Senior citizens, pregnant women, persons with disabilities, and number four, LGBTQ. <laughs> they have their own VIP lane. So, you know, if you like to bang another dude and you're a dude, you get to go to the front of the line. <laughs> but, you know... It's, it's all, they're being oppressed, you know? NASCAR's out there celebrating. We celebrate the LGBTQ community during this Pride Month and beyond. They got a big old Pride thing on their Twitter page. I'm sure their ESG score is going through the roof, although their ticket sales are going to be plummeting. I'm really curious to see where that goes. I mean, when you have freaking NASCAR, when you have NASCAR, and I'm not saying that NASCAR fans are intolerant or anything. I just think that they don't want their brand messed with. They don't want because when you realize what this all is, and we're going to get into this here in a little bit, then you realize that this is a Marxist push for confusion, division, and the wrecking of the family unit. It's bigger than just a celebration of some homosexual lifestyle. Uh, or and then you've got the homosexuals mad at the trans and the trans mad at the homosexuals and we can't even figure that fight out. Uh, but and the fact that they want to invite your kids in on it, um, this is where the fight is. And when you have people that understand what the fight is, and a lot of them, believe it or not, are NASCAR fans. They're you know they're going to say, oh well, those people are uninformed hillbillies and they're rednecks out there with their Coors Light and. Or their PBR and they're watching the race. Um, yeah, they don't want, you know, RuPaul coming up and riding in the uh, the Skittles uh, car, you know, 38 or whatever. Um, that it's going to get rejected. Probably more so than Bud Light. I'm curious to see where the NASCAR thing goes or if it does at all. I mean, what do you substitute NASCAR? They're not going to they're definitely not going to watch Formula One. That's already been gayed. But where do they go next? Do they go to the dirt track down in the rural part of their town? I don't know. But, you know, the gaslighting is still continuing. A majority of Americans who, this is from NBC News, a majority of Americans who don't identify as LGBTQ believe companies should publicly support the community, according to a new survey from gay rights organization GLAD. Oh, so GLAD is uh, conducting their own organization and says, yeah, everybody supports us. Wow. Isn't that funny how that works out? It's kind of like a uh, uh, COVID uh, data. <laughs> you know, it always seems to work out for the side that wants to lock everyone down and shove a mask in their ma mouth. And CNN, about 9% of adults across 30 countries around the world identifies LGBTQ, according to a new poll. 9%. The entire globe has to capitulate to 9%. But now we're having this battle in the states. 
as to whether or not you should be able to uh, perform surgeries on minors and pump them up full of puberty blockers, ruining their development. In Texas, Governor Greg Abbott actually did something, and he signs legislation barring trans youth from accessing transition-related care. This is from the Texas Tribune. Texas joins 17 other states restricting transgender minors from accessing puberty blockers and hormone therapies. Opposing legal groups have vowed to sue. Yeah, we got to pump them kids up so, you know, they never developed anything. And then we can chop them up later into whatever uh, sick design we want to do. And of course, on the other side of the coin, New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham signs a law that will permit minors access to sex change care and abortions without parental knowledge or consent. Now you can't go get, you can't go to a tanning booth. Uh, you can't get your ear pierced without parental consent, but man, you can kill some babies and cut up your genitalia. They don't really care about that. And apparently this push has gone back quite a ways. <laughs> apparently this whole transgender uh, surgery on kids, this is from 2017. Um, from NBC, Bay Area, NBC, Transgen transgender kids could get therapy <laughs> at earlier ages. Um, that's They've been pushing this for a while now. And I don't know what the obsession is with this. I don't understand why. Well, I, I kind of do understand. We'll get to that in a little bit. But why there are people that are supporting this. <laughs> I mean... It's it's really ridiculous, and it's unfathomable that people, rational adults, are like, well, yeah, we should be able to chop off a kid's schlong and turn it inside out like a banana peel, <laughs> turn it into a vagina that you got to use all this uh, medication and dilate for the rest of your life. Um, it's it's really insane. So on the other side of the break, we're gonna get into. What is really pushing these companies to push this agenda? What is the mechanism? Because it's a global mechanism and they only needed to put the pressure point on a few things. And we talked about this on a previous podcast where they marched through the institutions where they could. International businesses, they infected the boards, they infected government, they infected uh, organizations. Everybody at the top levels uh, is some sort of LGBTQ activist. And on the ground level, you have the Antifa LGBTQ crew. 90% of the people that I've seen that Andy No has posted any sort of information, mug shots, uh, details behind who these people are, these Antifa fighters that are out in the street, they're all either LGBTQ trans or they're just insane progressives. All of them. And so I think that needs to be taken into account, too. But at the highest levels, you know, it's a top-down, bottom-up approach. Go to the inside and collapse the system. They have taken over these institutions. Now, they can't take them all over, but they can, but they can take a few that count. And then they can build a coalition. And then what they've done is they've marketed the idea. So they franchised it. DEI, franchised out. We're going to make everybody go, hey, you need to have this. You know, colleges have a DEI board. Corporations have a DEI board. You need to be diverse, equitable, and inclusive. So now if you've franchised it, well, then you can get businesses that aren't in on the scam to become in on the scam. They can just opt in on their own. 
and then take the franchise DEI idea and then basically wokeify their own business so they can be a part of the coalition later. It's a pretty easy way of, of evangelism of the U.S. of gays' new uh, religion. And so that's what they've done. And us talking about this is actually getting to a point where we might be attacked for even having this discussion. So on the other side of the break, we're going to get into the real push behind it. And we might even dabble in a little uh, biblical history, you know, Ephesus, where Ephesians was written, uh, or, you know, they were, it was focused on Ephesus. They actually had an economy wrapped within their paganism and within their false gods. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing a fascism build. And I know that term gets thrown around, but the true definition of fascism is a corporate and government conglomeration fighting to push their own values upon the people in an authoritarian way. So we're being forced to have this pushed upon us by businesses because the government wants businesses to do this and they're doing it internationally. And that is similar to what happened back in in Ephesus, back in biblical times. So we're going to get into all this on the other side of the break. Stick with me. This is Adrian Slade. I think Kurt Cobain was a prophet when he's saying everything is gay because everything seems to be NASCAR. I mean, go down the list, Pepsi, Coke, Target. I mean, it's insane. Even Cascade dish detergent, even your dish detergent. Cascade actually had a commercial that said, you know, we've got this new detergent that doesn't require a pre-rinse. So, you know, you have more time to do other things like celebrate pride. So without pre-rinsing, you have more time to scissor or do some sodomy or something. I don't know. I mean, what is, why are we celebrating somebody's sex acts as a month and every company doing it? Listen to this Dawn dish detergent commercial. For the fourth year in a row, Dawn is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Dawn continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Dawn is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. So Dawn Soap is going to donate to Centerlink, <laughs> a resource for the LGBTQ community. And it's actually, this is from their website, Centerlink, the community of LGBTQ centers. It is an international nonprofit organization and a member-based association of LGBTQ centers and other LGBTQ organizations. Now, and it goes a little further. It says that um, they're serving the local and regional communities. Our mission is to strengthen, support, and connect LGBTQ community centers. We currently have over 325 member LGBTQ centers worldwide, providing essential services, promoting growth, wellness, and connectivity in their communities. And that sounds all well and nice and good when you find out what these non-governmental organizations that are LGBTQ based are doing, it gets a little, a little nefarious. In fact, Lisa Logan on Twitter, she actually did a, a nice little thread providing some, uh, some insight, a couple videos too. Um, it's really interesting. In fact, Joe Biden 
was very uh, encouraging towards these non-governmental organizations. So she basically posted Biden speaking privately to companies using their collective power to push LGBTQ policy and business practices, along with the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. There we are. Quote, your companies or you companies can do what we government cannot. You have to change the world on this issue. And so here's a clip from an individual, Beth A. Brooke Marikanayak. She is the board director and former global vice chair of public policy and business for social responsibility. And listen what she says about Biden encouraging these businesses and the World Economic Forum and Davos. It's really eye-opening. Biden met privately with those of us working behind the scenes, and he sat down with us and looked us in the eye, and he said, you companies can do what we government cannot. Why don't you tell the audience about PGLE? What does it do? Why is it important? And we would love to have more companies join in. But this, this story about Davos and the handful of us that found each other, uh, so the PGLE, Partnership for Global LGBTI Equality, this is a group that was formed in collaboration with the World Economic Forum after five or six years of working behind the scenes with senior leaders at just a handful of companies. This, com this organization was founded in January of 2019. Can you believe that? The World Economic Forum just agreed to do it this January. So we have there in collaboration with them, we can use their channels of distribution, their brand, they're now in the mainstream, on the main stage in Davos and into the mainstream of the programming at the World Economic Forum. It's founded by seven companies. Um, we uh, are signing on more, we want more, we have 14 now, but what are we committed to do? We are committed to change the world for LGBTI inclusion around the world, not by competing with other LGBTI organizations, but by amplifying and lifting, by using the, the platform of the World Economic Forum, both in Davos, but also regionally and around the world. Um, also working with the UN, um, trying to get these companies to, you have to have signed on to the UN standards in order to join the partnership. How many companies have signed on to that now? 270. Our goal is to get many, many more and, um, and then to work around the world, both not only in sharing best practices among the companies, but their strength in numbers. So with the platform of the World Economic Forum, the power of the UN, and then finally the strength in the companies working together, where when you combine our, the, the, the uh, economies, the corporate economies of those 14 countries, we're bigger than most, a lot of countries. So tremendous power. In Davos a couple of years ago, Vice President Biden met privately with those of us working behind the scenes. And he sat down with us and looked us in the eye. And he said, you can do, you companies can do what we government cannot and will never do. You have to change the world on this issue. She's basically given you... The, the, the literal definition for fascism, where it's corporations working with government to basically launch a policy that they want against what we believe. Basically, it's, it's an authoritarian fascist kind of idea. It's a Chinese modeled uh, fake capitalism where the government controls the companies and the companies are free to do some of their capitalist endeavors, but not completely. It has to be within the realm of what the government demands. And that's what they want to do with us. That's what they want to do with Davos and uh, the World Economic Forum. They want to reshape the world. 
and they want to do so beyond what the American Constitution actually allows. So the PGLE is a group of 270-plus companies who signed on to the United Nations Standards of Conduct to advance LGBTQ policy and their governance in their business market and communities. They also commit to establishing metrics such as ESG and CEI to monitor compliance with these standards. And companies who are members of the PGLE use tools like the UN LGBTQ plus standards gap analysis. Uh, that's a tool that they use. The UN Global Compacts World uh, WEP Gender Gap Analysis Tool and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation's 2022 Corporate Equity Index, that's the CEI, to assess how inclusive their practices are. So this is actually from their website, Corporate Tools for the LGBTQ Inclusion. In 2002, when the Human Rights Campaign and LGBTQ plus advocacy organization uh, began assessing U.S. companies on their inclusive policies, such as healthcare coverage for same-sex partners. Just 13 companies received the top score. In 2021, 767 businesses received the highest possible score. According to analyst, growing LGBTQ plus acceptance in the corporate sector has opened up new opportunities for socially aware investors of all backgrounds and orientations who want to further LGBTQ plus rights companies that encourage LGBTQ plus equality in the workplace have greater staff recruitment and retention, a stronger brand reputation and higher profitability and productivity as we already know. So what methods can businesses use to increase transparency and involvement in their ESG social efforts? In 2017, the United Nations LGBTQ plus standards of conduct for business outlined businesses' responsibilities to combat discrimination against lesbians, gay, bisexuals, transgender, and intersex persons, as well as their employees and supply chain. Um, she goes on further. Here's another, uh, another piece to the puzzle. The UN LGBTQ plus standards gap analysis tool is a tool that assists businesses in implementing the UN business standards of conduct to combat discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex and queer uh, people in the workplace and beyond. The LGBTQ plus tool includes gap analysis methodology and questionnaire, as well as a grading system and recommendations for closing gaps and strengthening policies, processes, and methodologies to promote LGBTQ plus inclusion. So Lisa goes on to say, then they report the results to banks and investors who hold businesses accountable to environmental, social, and governance metrics. That's the ESG. Under the S in the ESG, businesses must do these things or their score suffers and they risk losing capital. ESG, CEI, and the United Nations World Economic Forum standards for businesses are putting a stranglehold on corporations, allowing unelected bureaucrats to drive the adoption of unconstitutional policies and practices that government wouldn't be able to put into law. It's racketeering, and it must be stopped. And that's exactly what it is. Listen to this gentleman. 
who better to define metrics that meet the sustainable development goals for somebody's use trust reporting on financial metrics. So we got the big four to work together. They took all the metrics that are out there. They consolidated those metrics along the SDG platforms, people, planet, prosperity, principles of governance, four or five metrics in each. Then, and, and these are metrics people can report on. If you look in our annual report, you can see our report right there. They can sit there and say, these companies are above the bar. The idea here is if you said everybody a company has to be a top, there's only going to be one and all the money goes to one company. But the idea, if you had 10 companies in the industry and a bar was X, it appears that it's good enough and eight of them are above it, the money will shift away from the other two. And so it'll, it'll self-police itself, even if it doesn't become part of the official metrics, because the investors are now trying to substantiate how they are investing consistent with the SG principles because the people giving the money want them to do that. Yeah, that's what you also. What everybody forgets about all this is it gets caught up in who's making the decision, but it's their clients telling them you have to do this, and it's our clients telling us you have to do this, especially around the environment and, and becoming more uh, prevalent around human capital. So that's the very clinical explanation to all of this. How about if we have somebody break it down in layman's terms? Listen to this. Only about 1.5% of the entire world's population identifies as transgender. And yet every Target across the U.S. is now selling tuck-your-junk swimsuits. Obviously, they're not going to sell. There's just not enough of a market for it. Why are they doing this? Listen up. Why are so many companies going woke? There had to be some reason. And after some digging, I found it. The CEI, Corporate Equality Index, a.k.a. the Woke Credit Score. It's a made-up score based on how much a company is pushing woke issues. And who made up and gives this score? An organization called the HRC, a massive political lobbying group. Apparently, HRC sends representatives to corporations every year, telling them the kind of stuff they have to make visible at the company, give them a list of demands, and if they don't follow through, there's a threat that they won't keep their CEI credit score. And why do companies even care about this made-up woke credit rating? If they get a bad score, then the woke investor funds start putting pressure on the boards. Woke activists are mobilized out in the streets. Advertising campaigns are shut down. Anyone that continues to do business with them will also be penalized. This is fascism. Don't play their game, don't get their investment. And who is funding the HRC? Surprise, surprise, it's George Soros' Open Society Foundation. Now, this HRC has introduced this arbitrary credit rating to everything. States, municipalities, and even schools. Imagine that. There are people who are deciding what credit score an individual school can get. They threaten them by having these big funds withhold investments into them. And therein lies the reason why you're seeing this barrage of homosexually praising companies and advertisements, whether, whether it be pharmaceutical ads, whether it be YouTube ads that just pop up as your kids are trying to watch some crazy you know, meme montage. Uh, that's why you're seeing it in the sports world, Major League Baseball, NFL, NASCAR. You know, they tried it with the NHL, but it looks like a lot of those people are pushing back this is why everyone is on board because it's not organic. It's not that suddenly they want to be just good people and they want to help these people in need and, and lift up these minorities, right? This, this whole contrived minority situation where they take their lifestyle and turn it into an oppressed minority. It's actually because it's coming down from the top and it's coming down outside of the United States government. It's coming out, from the World Economic Forum. And that's why you're seeing this 
coordinated push. But you got to remember, this is nothing new, nothing new under the sun. In Ephesus, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is talking to Ephesus, part of the Roman Empire. Their economy was interwoven with their worship for paganism. Our economy is being woven (laughs) with paganism. And that's what we're seeing right now. Listen to what he says, Ephesians 4, 17. Therefore, I say this, indeed, in the union with the Lord, I insist on it. Do not live any longer as the pagans live with their sterile ways of thinking. Their intelligence has been shrouded in darkness and they are estranged from the life of God because of their ignorance in them, which in turn comes from resisting God's will. They have lost all feelings, so they have abandoned themselves to sensuality practicing any kind of impurity and ways greedy for more. But this is not the lesson you learned from the Messiah. If you really listened to him, you were instructed about him, then you learn that since what is in Yeshua is the truth, then so far your formal way of life is concerned. You must strip off your old nature because your old nature is thoroughly rotted by its deceptive desires, and you must let your spirits and minds Keep being renewed. That's basically, we have to reject all of this. We're getting bombarded with it left and right. We have to reject it all. But we also have to realize that it's written that the global government is on its way. And that leads to revelations. Are we in that time? So according to biblical references and scriptures, we could be looking at a beast. Everything is there. If you go back when Christ when Christ appeared, it was because we had a global empire. Now, granted, the Americas weren't founded yet, and there were other countries where individuals were that weren't there. But for the most part, we had the Roman Empire, and they oversaw Israel. They oversaw all these different parts of Asia and you know the Europe and what have you. And that's when Christ came. And so when he's supposed to come again, it's when we have a global government, a one-world government. Well... <laughs> America's not talked about in the Bible at all. So could it be that the one world government is what we're seeing in the process of building with the World Economic Forum and Davos, with people that reject God? Yuval Harari, part of the World Economic Forum, said that the, uh, you know, the resurrection of Christ is what he said, fake news, right? So uh, one of the things it says is that when we see the beast. Now, you remember in, in Revelations, the beast is not a big monster. It's an empire. And when we see this beast with the thorns, the thorns of the beast are actually the leaders of these empires. And they go through with the Roman Empire. They go through with the British Empire. All these different empires that have come before were considered beast. And we're looking at another beast. And they say that we will marvel at the beast. Well, um, will we marvel at the Beast of the World Economic Forum, marvel at the global collective of 15-minute cities, all with their net zero carbon uh, emissions that doesn't allow for property ownership, but you know, you'll be happy. And these easily accessible communities that everything can be accessed within 15 minutes. No need for a vehicle that allows ultimate freedom, but a precious rare earth mineral vehicle that is controlled on the grid and that can be shut off just like those Chinese e-bikes were shut off uh, when they go beyond their acceptable boundaries. Go look at that video. These bikes are just driving along. They go outside the boundary, it just shuts down. These people are falling all over the place. That's what they're going to do to reject you in your electric vehicle that it's got to be constantly 
attached to the grid. But, you know, you can't leave your 15-minute city and go hiking in the woods or, you know, go protest the authoritarianism at the Capitol. Um, they'll just shut your vehicle down. Are we going to marvel at the ability to digitally track your spending so that you're buying the right things for the right reasons? You know, the government approved things. You want to buy a gun? Hmm, I'm not going to allow that. We may shut that currency off. Are we going to marvel at the ability to medically transform human creation <laughs> that is created by God, you know, in the image of our doctor, our doctor's image? We're going to marvel at that. Is We're going to marvel at watching these people that are thinking they're some other sex than they actually are just get chopped and, and, and repurposed through medical means for the hell of it? I mean, surgical means for no real reason, just to, for appearances? Um, are we going to marvel at the homosexual utopia that mandates virtue signals and, and, and it's fake virtue on society? You know, you, you got to be nice and inclusive and, and affirm us and give us our pride month, and then we will uh, have a great society. Uh, are we going to marvel at the state of, you know, this this state governance app that's happening in Ukraine, the Good Citizen Passport? Let's get into this app. This is insane. And it happened up in D.C. And uh, Samantha Powers, you know, Cass Sunstein's uh, wife, who was a part of the Obama administration, she was there. And I haven't really heard anybody talk about this, but it was disturbing when I saw what they're pushing. So apparently at this conference, we first learned that parts of Ukraine are now being built into these digital cities that are cashless, cashless digital cities. In the midst of this horrific war we keep hearing about, I see just bustling commerce happening with tons of people in shops that are apparently e-shops where everything is cashless. Hmm. It's going to be great when you have that uh, digital currency run by the Fed, the U.S., uh, uh, what was it, DCC? So they had a presentation of what this Dia app would do. <laughs> Listen to this presentation and tell me if you think putting it into the hands of people like the Biden administration or Obama and uh, James Comey and, uh, you know, all those idiots that basically spied on all of us, president, what have you, January 6th protesters, throwing them in gulags. Do you want them having this kind of this kind of tech? At their fingertips? Listen to this. And added the in-app army of drones game to help Ukrainians both distract and donate to the common purpose. Has the enemy launched cyber attacks on Ukraine? Of course they have, and they failed. Even when the world is falling apart, our main task is to protect the people. Together, we can build a stronger one. Four bonds, aimed at rebuilding the liberated and soon-to-be deoccupied Ukrainian cities. State mortgage. Military, medics, teachers, and scientists can apply for the state mortgage right in the app. E-Enemy, a chatbot that helps any citizen safely transfer info about the location of Russian troops, names of collaborators, and enemy movements to the armed forces. Numerous attacks of Russian army destroyed a number of TV towers. To provide Ukrainians with uninterrupted access to information, we launched DIA Radio and DIA TV, so that even under blackouts, millions could feel present and added the in-app army of drones game to help Ukrainians both distract and donate to the common purpose. Has the enemy launched cyber attacks on Ukraine? Of course they have, and they failed. Even when the world is falling apart, our main task is to protect the people. Together, we can build a stronger one. Extremely chilling and disturbing. 
just to say the least. Listen to this. This is Orwellian. And this is really goes back to what we were talking about with the push for the LGBTQ in the month of June with every business in the world. The pressure is government with business. So at this event, USAID with Samantha Powers, right? It's a government, a non-governmental organization connected to, uh, you know, government uh, policies. Well, they teamed up with Visa and teamed up with Google. And what they did, this is from Anya Parampil. Um, she was at this event, said this this event is dedicated to promoting. Actually, hang on, let me get back. <laughs> Let's take it from the beginning here. Kiev officials and Samantha Power from USAID are in D.C. celebrating how the Ukraine war kicked off a new age of e-governance. Alongside the executive chairman of Visa, they are openly describing the sacrifice of Ukrainian citizens on the altar of Western finance and tech. This event is dedicated to promoting DIA. This is Ukraine's state-in-a-smartphone app that digitizes medical records, banking, biometric data, and all aspects of life into a singular app. Kiev officials, uh, they were thanking the U.S. taxpayers for serving as its first first social investors of DIA. Did you know you were paying for DIA? Did you know you were investing in DIA with your tax money? Joe Biden does, because he kept sending crap tons of tax money over to Ukraine. Zelensky's buying cars with his buddies and then, you know, buying all these nice, uh, uh, nice, lavish gifts for each other. And but then they're also building a state in a smartphone app, an e-governance app. So um, one of the hosts joked that AI is going to destroy humanity and then complains the U.S. public will never accept an app like Dia. Of course we won't. And uh, Samantha Power reveals Estonia, Zanzibar, Colombia are launching similar e-government apps alongside USAID, Google, and Visa, and UK government are also DIA sponsors. Now, remember when they were talking about COVID passports? Oh, they wouldn't do that. QR codes, know where you are, download the app. I mean, hell, Apple put a function right there on the, on the iPhone update on its operating system. So you don't think that that's coming down the pike? Going back to the thread, U.S. taxpayers funded DIA's development. V- Visa executive chairman boasts DIA and also offered financial incentives for Ukraines to get vaccinated. Unclear who financed that. Hmm. Last year, Ukraine awarded its National Peace Prize to Visa's incoming CEO. It's remarkable what's happened in Ukraine as we speak. She's not talking about the war destroying millions of lives, but she's talking about the tech research funded by the U.S. and the United Kingdom. And then Kiev's prime minister, or Kiev's mayor, I guess, um, adds Ukraine is, quote, best testing ground for technologies. Come work with us. (laughs) U.S. taxpayers funded DIA's development. Visa executive chairman boasts DIA also offered financial incentives, and we talked about that. Um, these people are genuinely overjoyed that you by Ukraine that by 2030 they will be a totally digital s- uh, state. They say it will be the first cashless society and dependent on remote learning. All of the great reset, all of the things that we witnessed through COVID, cashless society, remote learning. They say this model is humanity's future. 
No regard for the obliteration of a nation, maybe because BlackRock gets to rebuild it, right? (laughs) So Max Blumenthal, reporter, he was there, said Eurasia Foundation Pamela Spratton was also on stage beside the chairman of Visa, who celebrated the war as an opportunity to push a new means of digital payments on Ukrainians. So now Max goes on, the USAID or USAID-sponsored Visa and Google-assisted DIA app not only forces Ukrainians into a digital ID uh, situation, it encourages them to snitch on fellow citizens, reporting them as Russian collaborators so they can be arrested and disappeared. Uh, Unbelievable. Yale-trained Miyako Fedorov of Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation was on hand to sell DIA as the future of e-governance. Now, he previously oversaw Ukraine's partnership with FTX. Remember FTX? Cryptocurrency hedge fund that just failed miserably where they were hooking up in some Caribbean house and sending all their proceeds over to the Democrat Party for re-elections. Yeah, so they they were over there with, uh, you know, he was the Ukrainian uh, Yale-trained Ministry of Digital Transformation was involved with FTX. Um, that saw 60 million in aid just disappear in Kiev. With Vladimir Zelensky's election in 2019, the Davos-centric Fourth Industrial Revolution came to Ukraine. It's really disturbing. Listen to this. Visa executive chair Al Kelly explains how his corporation helped Ukraine expand its DIA e-governance app by making it a platform for government incentive payments for COVID vaccinations. Was U.S. aid used to bribe Ukrainians to get the jab? Yeah, listen to this video. Do better to define metrics that meet the sustainable development goals for somebody's use to us reporting our financial metrics. So we got the big four to work together. They took all the metrics that are out there. They consolidated those metrics along the SDG platforms, people, planet, prosperity, principles of governance, four or five metrics in each. Then, and, and these are metrics people can report on. If you look in our annual report, you can see our report right there. They can sit there and say these companies are above the bar. The idea here is if you said everybody company has to be a top, there's only going to be one and all the money goes to one company. But the idea if you had 10 companies in the industry and the bar was X, it appears that it's good enough and eight of them are above it, the money will shift away from the other two. And so it'll, it'll self-police itself even if it doesn't become part of the official metrics because the investors are now trying to substantiate how they are investing consistent with the SG principles because the people giving the money want them to do that. Yeah, that's what you all what everybody forgets about all this is it gets caught up in who's making the decision. But it's their clients telling them you have to do this. And it's our clients telling us you have to do this, especially around the environment and and becoming more uh, prevalent around human capital. Unbelievable. In fact, they even said in 2021, 2022, it was a big year for covid vax incentives, USAID and IMF subsidized payments to big pharma for vaccines to Ukraine and elsewhere. The Department of Defense has already deployed an advanced uh, map to elicit activity around the world, enabling it to surpass human capabilities. And this is kind of part of what they're looking to do with this DIA app. It's, it's, this is like insane. But this is what they want to do. They want to reshape the world. This is the beast that everybody's marveling in front of. And we have to be really concerned about how it circumvents the Constitution of the United States It circumvents your personal freedom. It's there to uh, be a control mechanism that the people at the top, they don't have to adhere to. And we have to recognize that, that there's always somebody in the control seat. Granted, we as Christians want somebody 
who looks to God as the leader and acts humbly on his behalf to lead in positions of power and to administer justice because that's what government was designed to do. And that's what the biblical backing of, of government was designed under what Christ has spoken of. It is the administer, administry, administration of justice because we as individuals should uphold justice on behalf of what, uh, what Christ demands. But these people are godless, and these people are looking to create an authoritarian state where they can track your business, they can track your purchasing, they can have everything rolled up into an app. You can get your listen to the listen to the video. You can get your mortgage through the app. You can snitch on military targets through the app. Maybe snitch on your neighbors because they didn't get vaccinated. Um, you can. Uh, Show your voting record and your donations through the app. E-governance, the state in a smartphone. And it's the authoritarian push by collective organizations that want to force you into circumventing your biblical principles to uphold the seven deadly sins, one of them being pride, and celebrate that with every international organization in the world. And we have to stand for our values. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week. God bless.